Hi, I'm Chris Miller, author of the book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future, and host of the Pre-Retirement Master Show. What do you think about when it comes to retirement? The truth is, it has nothing to do with being old and everything to do with being solvent and independent. And that starts right now. This is Pre-Retirement. Here's how I can help you. Together, we can plan your retirement early so your money, health, and peace of mind are there when you need them. I've assembled a panel of the top experts in the human potential movement to guide you with core strategies that will help you make daily, weekly, and monthly progress towards your perfect retirement. author of the book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets to Safe Money and a Fabulous Future, and the host of the Pre-Retirement Master's Show. Today, my special guest is Marty McGibbon, and she's a humorous, inspirational speaker, stand-up comic, author of the book, Never Give In to Fear, and certified mental health professional, who inspires, entertains, and moves listeners to meet challenges, overcome adversity, create possibilities, and make real, measurable changes in their lives. Marty's knack for storytelling and humor makes her a favorite with audiences as she recounts her own personal story of a drug-fueled descent into the underworld and imprisonment at the hands of Japanese organized crime, homelessness, and her ultimate comeback to a happy, prosperous life. With unflinching honesty, Marty describes the negative beliefs and poor choices that led to her downward spiral, plus specific principles and techniques she has used to turn her life around. Marty's warmth and high energy on stage is contagious, and audience come away feeling that anything is possible armed with a simple, effective techniques they can use to transform their lives. Welcome, Marty. It's great to have you on the show. Well, hello, Chris. It's great to be here. I know you have a lot. I just wanted to share with everybody your great, great um, journey that you've been on. And um, the title of our conversation today is Kick-Ass Personal Transformation. Great. Great title. <laughs> How to make pre-retirement the best time of your life. So maybe you could describe to everybody a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are right now. Well, <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> that's a long story. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say I have. I'm going to incorporate some of this into the, the uh, questions that we'll cover. Uh, I hope that I'll be able to do that. But, yes, you know, I, how I arrived at this, and you've read off all this horrible stuff that I've been through, which, you know, I have experienced a great deal of adversity in my life. And some of these things were the result of my own mistake, you know, poor choices. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of it uh, was not. But the point is that no matter what happens in life, no matter what uh, adversity we've experienced in life, 
we can always come back. And I, and I know that uh, resilience is something that resilience and daily renewal are the two building blocks that, that I – those are the foundational uh, principles of my, my own kick-ass personal transformation, which I experienced. And it was a matter of I spent years um, reeling from these traumatic experiences that I had had. And I had the danger with adversity is that whether it's getting your feelings hurt at the prom or being uh, mugged in an alley, it's the idea that, that it might cause you to think differently about yourself, other people, or life in general in a negative way. And so the thing to do is to come back from the adversity. It's how we react to it. It's not the things that happen to us in life. It's how we react and then the steps we take coming away from that. So um, that that's essentially been my journey. Is what, when I realized that the key to my own happiness and my own future lay in the present moment, my own experience of the present moment right now determines how my future is going to be. And it also sets my past in place because we are all the sum of our own experiences. You know, you're the sum of your own experience, of all your experiences. And so if you like who you are today, that just sets everything on course. And that's what happened with me. So I, I don't, don't want to take too much more time because we're talking about retirement. But I guess you could say I've retired from disaster. <laughs> right. And started right. a new career in fun. Well, so that's, that's you know, laughter is a great way to go through tragedy. And I know you've, you've written articles in over 150 magazines, including Entrepreneur and Personal Excellence, and then you've been in, interviewed by Business Daily. Um, so everybody has a little bit of laughter in them, and I think there's, there's a medicine there. But why would you say pre-tournament? is the best time of people's lives? Well, it is because this is the time, this time of life is the time to start looking forward and looking back in gratitude and in anticipation. We look backward at the things we've experienced in life, whether it was a bad thing, what did I learn from it, the good things, oh my, I'm favoring them, and then looking forward and saying, hey, there's going to be more that I can learn. There's going to be more that I can do. The sky is the limit. And I can take the, the, the talents and the skills that I've, that I've acquired in life and I can move on. I, I can share them with others. I can build something new. And the idea is that now in retirement, people can plan options, make a wish list, imagine, let your imagination run wild and discover your passion. And, and, and you're fun. And you get to do whatever you want to do because this is, it's like, this is the moment. These are the good times. Right. Everything has led to now and all those experiences that we've gone through, the wisdom of all the, the inexperience can really catapult us into new territories. It's, I'm experiences like being born again. I have a second life. I could do whatever exactly. I wanted to. Right? Exactly. So yeah. do I. I Oh, it's a, a, a rediscovery, and it's exciting. And I'm not right. saying, oh, you know, I'm getting old or I have to fear the future. It's not like that. We recreate our destiny, 
and I don't have to take orders anymore. If I have my platform and if I start doing my financial planning and so on, this is the time when people can plan. And with that plan, because with that plan is the stability, and then moving on, you build your dream. Right. And see, that's that's the thing that a lot of people have not done is they they wait till they're 80 years old to plan instead of starting, <laughs> yeah. you know, 30 years old. And a lot of my clients come in and they're 80 years, 70 or 80 years old, and they didn't do anything. And they missed all the opportunities that if they would have started younger and started putting money in the Roth IRA, by the time they'd retire, they'd have an income. But now a lot of my clients is lost 60% of their money in the market and their houses are upside down and they're eating peanut butter and crackers because the planner they had was selfish and kept them in the stock market and they don't know the tricks to protect their assets. So when when somebody's trying to figure out what to do, how how can somebody find out what their bliss or their passion is to go for? Okay. There, there are keys to, to what your bliss and your passion are, and there may be several things, but you want to find the thing that's going to propel you forward with the most exuberance, <laughs> because that's where the power is. If you look, you can look back at each period in your life. This is one way to do it, and, and in an exercise, look back over each period of your life and think when you were the happiest, whether it may have been in first grade, uh, knocking the ball out of the park on the baseball field at recess. It may have been college, whatever, but look back to those really blissful moments. And this is kind of a fun exercise where you kind of meditate and drift and, and think back over, over your life and find a thread uh, or it may have been something that anchored you. It may have even been some difficulty that somebody told you you couldn't do something. That has a lot of people. People, When I got into stand-up comedy, people would say, oh, women can't be funny. You know, and that just made me want to, you know, I just it propelled me forward. Because right. I, I had an obstacle, right. and then I could jump over it. So whatever that may have been, you, you can look back, and then you can say, hey, what was happening when I was really happy? What what was what were the things that what were my feelings was I sharing this with someone with whatever and then write down your answers and go ahead and just freeform and 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 be creative don't don't be afraid to just just go for it and then you might even want to do that as listeners you might even want to do this right now if you have them to think of something like that from you from your life go ahead and write it down jot down something jot down some key words and then. You can look at that list, and you can go over it, and you can expand. Another way is you do some soul searching and say, you know, what was the most fun job I had, regardless of the money? You know, or what was the most fun project I ever did in my life, regardless of – and in, in my own life, at, at one point, um, I, I realized that I had – I loved, loved creating laughter. And there was – uh, in third grade, I, I did uh, – uh, shows in my neighborhood, uh, a comedy show with another person, and we sold tickets to it, and we had all the comedies. But I was doing, I was doing comedy. And then I thought, hey, why don't I try comedy? And then I did, and so on, and that turned into a career for a while. And, and it's something I still do. Um, I, I have a, a, a friend, here's another example. I, there's a man who lives in my neighborhood who's an FBI agent, retired, and he 
really had a good time with his children growing up. And he also, well, he, he's a protector and so on. But he decided at retirement from the FBI, he wanted to work in the school cafeteria. And he worked in the, in, in the uh, school cafeteria of uh, grades uh, one through, through uh, four. And uh, <laughs> that's what he's doing right now. Um, I have another another example is a, a friend of mine who is uh, an actor now. She at uh, 56, uh, she worked for uh, oh, some big uh, computer company. I, I think it might have been. I don't, I don't want to name any names, but she she was a computer computer expert, and she was uh, was doing stand up, and and then she she realized looking back at her life that. She used to do a lot of little sketches and kind of monologues to for her parents and their friends at their bridge party. And she remembered that as being a really blissful time when she was a performer. And she thought she realized that she wanted to get into acting. So she applied to a prestigious acting school run by Mike Nichols in Manhattan and was accepted and went and graduated. Now she's 62. She's in Los Angeles, she's pursuing her acting career, and she's written a pilot, which is being um, reviewed by the TV networks right now. So there she is. She's created this whole new career, and it all came out of just kind of looking back and thinking, hey, what, what, I, what would I do if I could do anything? And uh, I can think, I, I have other examples of famous Steve Wozniak from Apple. After uh-huh. Apple, he became a school teacher. Because that's what he wanted to do. So the sky's the limit. Right. So how could someone incorporate this bliss or passion? They say, okay, well, I've always wanted to, you know, write a book or be an artist or tell jokes. How can they actually make some extra income? Because everybody, I don't care if you're before 50 or after 50, you're still going to need new streams of income. Exactly. What and how can they take the passion, the fun, and make money from it? Okay. And that's, I gave a few examples of uh, people I know who had, well, for instance, the FBI agent just needs that part-time job in the cafeteria to augment what he has already provided himself with his pension. Uh, My friend, the actor, is very entrepreneurial, and uh, she does several different things. She's... um, she does Reiki, and she teaches improv classes. So she does a number of different things. I have another friend who has set up a business. She was a symphony musician, which was such a cool job anyway, right? But then she decided she wanted, she really loved cooking. That's her passion. She writes cookbooks. She began doing this some years ago, but now she's just gone into to business for herself, and, um, and she's, she's the CEO. She's got all her line of cookbooks, and she also uh, does, um, she has a catalog. So she's doing that, so she's entrepreneurial. Other people, it may be, it, it depends on what you want to do, but there are, there are all kinds of different answers to what these questions are. When you expand on what you've listed, you can start to explore what would this be, what kind of career would this would be? Would I, would I self-publish my book? Would I go in for an agent? Would I work for a publishing company and proofread books? Uh, and, and then open the door that way. There are different things like that. You, you mentioned a book. Um, but for instance, if there's a job, you know, some, uh, some people, um, want to work for somebody else. 
So it, it just depends on what you want to do. But the list can be endless. And volunteer work in itself uh, can, can, can even open up a door. A lot of people in the pre-retirement kind of age group are exploring the possibilities of, of doing uh, creative volunteer work on the side while still working and preparing for retirement. And then sometimes that's a way to sample uh, sample things. Right. But, but that's the thing. So if you have your list, you expand on your list. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, right. So, you know, as you, you found your bliss, you find what you really want to do, and then you, you're you going to try to convert this to make some extra income. And so what would what's the strongest force that you can harness to propel yourself forward toward your bliss or your passion? It's fun. <laughs> fun ah. energizes you. Yeah, it, it is. It's fun. So fun is that force. And, and it is it is a powerful force. It's something that that uh, it, that it, it energizes, it it, uh, it it inspires. If you're doing the things that are fun, or or even if you're doing something you wouldn't think of as fun, but you're having fun doing it, then right then you'll find that your energy energy increases exponentially, and ripples out into all the other areas of your life. If you, you know, if you crank up the stereo and play music and dance around while you're cleaning the floor, just, <laughs> you know, things like that. I mean, even if it's like a mundane chore, if you can make it fun, it changes everything. That's so right. then, if it's your passion, it's something you love and you're having fun. Always remind yourself to have fun. And one of the ways to, to get up into fun is uh, gratitude. So if, exactly. if you tap into a, a state of gratitude, for all that you have, all that you anticipate having, all that you, you know, even in a time of extreme loss. I mean, I came back up from nothing. I was homeless. I was on the streets, sleeping under bridges, and, and I kept into this thing of gratitude. It's like, a, it's like a strong, it's like a freight train that carries you into the fun of life. And it doesn't take long. If you just stop and say thank you, no matter how low the low point you can you can enter into a blissful and fun state through the gateway of gratitude. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That is so true. It's, it's like a medicine that, you know, we'll say, well, what do I have to be gratitude? In through the nose, out through the mouth, okay? <laughs> yes, I'm breathing, and, right. And, and I can <laughs> move my hands and I can exactly. get out of bed by myself. And I'm actually consciously... Doing that, trying to do it with every oh wow, thanks for this great typewriter, thanks for my computer's working today, this cooler, yeah. every single thing, and it does yeah. changes the energy and it motivates, it makes you faster. Now, of course, I thank God for everything because I'm not giving this all my. I didn't create the whole thing, but it, there's a there's a there's a there's an energy that when you connect yourself to the universe, to God, everything that created exactly. everything. Then all of a sudden you got plugged into the circuit. But if you're just there all by yourself trying to figure out what's going on, it doesn't. Right. If I think I'm there. doing everything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and that's where people fail is that they if they think they're going to do it, oh, well, I'll never do it. And then they fail because they have such a horrible image of themselves and they've been a failure their whole life. And and my right. Life, I've had a similar experience to you. Maybe we'll talk about it on, on another show, but. It, very, very similar to what your experience is. 
and I know what it's like to be on the bottom and to be thanking God that you're okay. I got up this morning, you know, and I have a, something to drink and eat and, you know, a blanket. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> little, little simple things that actually, in my experience, the people, and I think that's why they say the blessed are the poor, the guys that don't think they have everything and they're so cool, are really more humble to receive messages and enlightenment than the guys that my clients that are the multimillionaires are miserable. You know, they're, <laughs> and they're more covetous of their money than the poor guys. I've just watched, well, I've counseled over 5,000 families. I've talked to 20, you know, 5,000 families. And 20 years plus years and that I've seen that more than not the the millionaire people are miserable and really covetous of their money and the people that are really having a hard time are a lot more generous that's a generalization but it really does, <laughs> you know it leads into the next question is is it that what stops people from doing this well, well because, yes it's fear fear yeah fear will block and whether and and fear may come in the on the soft slippers it may tread in on just as a little bit of lack of self confidence you know you might tell yourself well this is just a little lack of self confidence a little bit of self doubt uh just a little bit of worry but it's all fear and, and right. fear can be a good thing if uh, of course if I'm afraid to jump to cliff dive uh, that might be a good idea for me to heed that fear. Uh, because I'm really uncoordinated, so I might not, you know, my guess might, but I mean, I, that's a bad, maybe a bad example, but I mean, there are fears if I'm, I'm afraid of getting burned, so I'm not going to put my hand in the fire, but, and it, you know, so there, there is a survival thing, but I'm talking about the fear that creeps in and eats away at your confidence and your self-esteem, and there's no reason to listen to that fear. Um, it's uh it it's and i'll I'll get to that later but but uh fear is very subjective, and so it's up to each each person to find out what is exactly right but but one person's fear may be another person's uh thrill, so it just depends for instance um well, I won't even give a for instance, but you know what i mean so so well, I will give you for instance. When I, when I uh, was doing stand-up comedy, starting out as a comedian, and Jay Leno always told me, um, he was a mentor of mine early on, and he always told me, never turn down an opportunity to do stand-up. So I've had a lot of really interesting experiences as a comedian. I've done stand-up comedy in a federal penitentiary, and I've you know, just, I mean, I've done all these different, different types of gigs. But I was doing a show in a little funky theater in downtown San Francisco once, and I was talking to some of the other performers uh, backstage, and there were a, there was a group of people, and they, they uh, a woman and three men, and they had a really long, wild, curly hair and kind of hippie types. I mean, there were herds of them in San Francisco, you know. And so I, I went over to, and I love I love uh, hippies and three nuggers and everything. And I, I went over to talk to them, and uh, you know, I asked them, well, well, what do you do? And they said, well, we uh, we are a pyrotechnic trapeze artist. And I said, well, what does that mean to us? And they said, oh, we, we, you know, we swing from trapezes and, and we juggle flaming torches. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, and then he indicated the guy with the longest while up there, and he said, well, here sometimes catches her in his teeth. <laughs> you know, and I thought, wow, with that hair and everything. I mean, just they're just it, – I was overwhelmed, you know, and I just said, oh, my gosh, you guys are amazing. And then they said, oh, you get used to it, you know, really nonchalantly. And, and then uh, one of them said to me, well, what about you, lady? What do you do? And I said, well, uh, oh, I'm, I'm just going to do a little bit of stand-up comedy. And they all took a step back, and their eyes got as big as saucers, and they were like, stand-up comedy? That's the scariest thing in show business. So, and then, I, you know, I couldn't resist saying to them, well, oh, you get used to it. You know, but I didn't realize how, how kick-ass I was. You know, I, I just, oh, just stand-up comedy. And, you know, I was taking it for granted, but to be acrobat that hurl themselves through the air and, and, and fling, flaming torches, my thing was scary. And that taught me a, 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 a really important uh, principle in kick-ass personal transformation. Give yourself credit for all the things that you do that are really, really amazing and spectacular and almost like superhero things. I mean, a, a mother who's a, a soccer mom who's transporting some screaming children to a game in the back of, a, of an SUV, that is superhero stuff to a lot of us, you know. And, and so, so never play down what you do and, and never think of yourself as not fierce and and um, powerful and and terrifying. Just realize the things that that and and log them. You know, list them, log them, and daily give yourself credit for them. And Absolutely. that helps you realize how powerful you are. And then you can face fear because fear is it, it, fear is courage isn't the absence of fear. It's it's the decision to do something about it. <laughs> Right. Okay. Right. Right. Absolutely. And the fear can really be a motivation because you've made it this far, right? And you've right. gone through all the right. things that we've always been scared of. What we worried about yesterday, we don't even remember today. So yes. Fear is, right. You get that. Fear introduces us to ourselves in, in in, in some ways, when when we recognize our fears, then, then we learn more about ourselves. And fear is, we're always changing. Human beings are always changing. So you're always changing. Something you're afraid of today, you might not be afraid of tomorrow. Because if you confront it, but fear can be the kind of thing where if I sneak around and try to hide from my fear, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If I confront my fear, fear is like a schoolyard bully that's going to take my lunch money. And if I stand up to that to that bully, I might get I might get punched in the face. But I've I've, I've laid down the law, and and then I I'm taking steps, you know. And maybe I might take karate lessons or judo lessons, and then I'm going to confront that bully. But that's my that's my action plan. So I'm I'm going to confront my fear. I'm not going to try to deny the fear. I'm not going to uh, uh, hide from it uh, and avoid it. I'm going to take it head on. That's the way I'm going to look at these fears and then make my action plan. 
and and all you know, and all the wisdom of the ages says, "Fear not." Now there's you know, that, exactly that you if you have a little bit of faith in that's the counter of fear, which is going without knowing and trusting that something's gonna you're gonna be taken care of. And right. Made it and that's far. part of right. Yeah, and, and to be take and that's part of that that the thing that you mentioned, the piece that you mentioned, the, the power of acknowledging that there is a greater force, a greater, a higher power, a greater energy. Uh, some people call it the universe. Some people call it luck, kismet. Uh, some, call, some call it God. Uh, yeah, it's there. And then I know. Right. Yeah, because fortune favors the bold, right? I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know, it's not, you know, people are, they don't even want to talk about the greater power of the universe or God. They're even scared oh, to say God or you don't want to hurt someone. But it's just, you no. know, you, you interpret it inside you. You know, you didn't right. warn yourself. You didn't create exactly. And so, and, and it's the universal truth. It's it's acknowledging. If you know, if I acknowledge that you're a better comedian than I am, then I'm going to be able to receive from you. But if I think, well, I made myself, I'm God too, you know, then I don't need you, and 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 I won't be able to receive from you. And we're all, you know, we're all supposed to have God and light in inside of us, but we're oh, all yeah. able. Oh to yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's beauty. There's, yeah. there's such beauty and and such uh, such safety in knowing how insignificant uh, you are. <laughs> I yeah. mean, for me, it, it, to, to realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm not the be-all and end-all. And then all of a sudden, the pressure's off. And right. then, then I can move on and I can become and I can grow and I can uh, realize and achieve anything. Right. And And we're all, you know, like, I really like the name of your book. Never give in to fear. That's really <laughs> what we're talking about. Imagine that. Exactly. And exactly. how, how, before, before I ask you the next question, I do want you to tell everybody kind of halfway through here how they can get to you and read this great book and find out more about some techniques and things that they can do to overcome the fear and get, get in line here. How would they get in touch with you? Okay. My, my website is um, martymcgibbon.com. But, you know, since my name is kind of unusual, I have a, another URL that's easier to remember, and it's www.nevergiveintofear.com. <laughs> so that's pretty easy. Spell your name too, Marty, just so everybody can yes. have a thing. Spell it out for yep. me. My name is Marty, and it's M-A-R-T-I. Mm-hmm. That's my first name. And McGibbon, it's my last name, it's M-A-C, capital G, I B B O N, and on my on my website I have uh, there's a blog that talks I have a, a lot of uh, a lot of blog posts about the, the topics that we're talking about about overcoming um, fear overcoming first the uh, finding inspiration and so on I have my blog and then I have uh, if you go to my homepage I mean the the top news story on my homepage right now is the book. Never give in to fear. The subtitle is "Laughing All the Way Up from Rock Bottom," and um, and it, it, it there's a link to to pre-order, and uh, it'll be released on October eighth, uh, 
2012. So it's coming up. It's already getting good reviews, and I have some of my reviews there. I have an editorial recommendation from Kirkus Reviews. I have a five-star from Forward Clarion Reviews, and I have an excellent review from uh, San Francisco Book Reviews, and so on. So I have some of those posts up there and a description of the book. And the book is a memoir. It's a, a memoir that is uh, humorous and uh, and inspiring. There are parts of it that are, well, you already read, read some of the things I've been through, so it's not for the faint-hearted because it does talk about some of the things that, that I have come through. But uh, I, I, I think I, my goal was to tell the stories with humor. And um, uh, so I, I – anyway, there you go. That's, that's Right. right. Well, so people want to reach out to you. They can check out this amazing story that you went through and find out Absolutely. how you overcame the, uh, overcame the fear. But how could someone right now listening – Maybe they're caught in some, you know, fear or or a yes. illusion of fear because it's almost like a ride at Disneyland. All these ugly faces and monsters come out, but you're on the little boat and you drive through and they're gone. <laughs> it's like this, right? It's yes, like that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> a little, yeah, uh, but, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or something, right? Exactly. At it's exactly like that. You're but right. you're in the boat. You're going through those fears. If you could stay in the going through, how would you, what would you, what key would you share with people? Well, the first thing is acknowledge the fear and uh, and then then move through the fear. So once you've acknowledged the fear, that's like confronting it, like I said, and then and then you're going to make this conscious decision to move through the fear to your objective, and you lay down your plan, and you keep your eyes on the end result. For instance, I, I have an example of someone who went from nothing to the scariest thing that he could even imagine. It was when I worked as a counselor at a, uh, a facility for homeless veterans in San Francisco, and um, I had a client, a Marine, who had come out, out from the Vietnam War, had been uh, either in prison or homeless, ultimately, for 25 years. And he came to our facility for help. And he and I, uh, when we sat down in the first session, and we were talking about, I said, what is the one thing in your life that you would like to work on if you could change anything? And he said, I am very afraid. He said, I'm afraid of people. And I'm afraid to get in social situations. And that's what I want to work on. So we sat down and we made a plan, an action plan, through through this. And he he set himself goals at regular intervals that were doable and measurable at each increment. And the first thing that he, that he set for himself was a challenge to go and attend a meeting to be a, a volunteer at the Red Cross. And there were twenty. Uh, it was a group there, and, and when he came back, he he was he was practically when he told me about it, he was just practically sweating just thinking about it. He said, "Oh my gosh, there were 20 people in that room, and I I, I didn't even think I was going to make it through the hour." And he said, "Thank thank heavens I'm a felon because they weren't able to take me, so I'll never have to go back there and get in that room full of people." I mean, that was how terrifying it was from 20 people, terrifying. So he went to the next phase, and he exposed himself to a, a new a challenge at another interval, and so on. But while he did this, 
his prescription for, you know, what he armed himself with was, was the plan that, you know, he would use, he tapped into gratitude. He did visualization. He would, he would meditate every day and he would visualize himself as poised and, and, uh, secure and calm in situations, social situations and confident. And then he would, he had his self-enhancing statements. He had a list of statements about himself and that, that stated in present tense, in the affirmation saying in present tense, I am completely assured in every social situation, you know, I am so, and he would read these right before he went to sleep because that's when you program your unconscious mind and you can change things, but he would do that. And he used positive self-talk and he used mantras and he did all of those things while he was uh, taking on these challenges. And within a few months, he had changed so many things. He did even more than that. He visualized himself being reunited with his daughter, who he hadn't seen since she was four years old. And his daughter miraculously called his parole officer looking for him. And he came to tell me, he said, oh, my gosh, my, I've been visualizing, and this has happened to my daughter. He began to be reunited with his family. He got a job. He got housing. And all this time, he was overcoming his fear. And after after a couple months, he called me from Giant Stadium in San Francisco in a home game. And he held up his cell phone and said, guess where I am? And I could hear this crowd of tens of thousands of people. And, you know, there he was. And a few weeks later, he was asked to read the names of the fallen at a ceremony in downtown San Francisco. It was an outdoor ceremony with about 300,000 veterans and other people in attendance. And that man who had been so, who had had so much social anxiety, he, he mounted the steps to the platform and, and walked up to the podium and, you know, spoke into the microphone and read the names of some of the fallen from the Iraq war. And he was calm and assured and forth and everything that he had visualized himself to be, he was. And that was the end product of just a few months of work in the kick-ass personal transformation uh, path. <laughs> and he was just a really good example of someone who, who did that. And I'm still in touch with him uh, four years later. He's, he's uh he lives in San Francisco, and you know, he has a happy life, and he's just doing doing wonderfully. So that's that's an example, right? So yeah. use visualization, positive self talk, and and you know, changing the thinking while you're going through where you while you're doing your action plan. You know, you fortify yourself with these exercises. Visualization. Some people, you know, it might be prayer. You might visualize in prayer. Some people prefer, you know, visualizing. It depends on, like you mentioned, it depends on what your concept of the greater power is. For some people, it's a God, and I'm praying, and I'm meditating, and I'm thanking God in faith. If, if you want it to be more anonymous than that, it, whatever it is to to you uh, personally. You know, for some people, it's just okay. It's the universe. I'm tapping into the universal energy and so on. But it always, always works. So if so, as somebody's overcoming their fear and they're going through their next steps, 
how how can someone decide that? I mean, how do people really decide? Um, you know, you can imagine and you know pray for things, but you may not be praying for the best thing. Like, what's going to serve the overall good for everybody? It's not just for me. Because if you pray for just you know call out for things just for yourself, it really isn't going to go too far. You might get a few little things that happen, but to really get the full benefit, if you go for the big picture, so how would you, how would people really dial in? Let's say, okay, they're they're getting through this fear, and what what field, what what purpose are they going to pursue? Well, that that is a big part. You're right, and I'm glad that you reminded me of that. That is a big part of it because with your if if you have purpose, you can find your way through fear anytime. Because if you have a greater purpose, so if I'm not just thinking of my own self survival or the survival of my ego, because that's not going to get me far. I think that that I'm hearing what you're saying, there, and and that is isn't the way I want to present it. But um, but no, but to think if I have a higher purpose, if I'm saying, okay, I'm I'm gonna go in here and yes, I'm scared, but when I when I get through this and I learn this, I'm going to be able to do great things for something for my the people that I love. Or I'm going to change things. I'm you know, that will carry you it's just like with combat. When veterans go in I mean when uh Soldiers going to combat. They they face the enemy, but they have they have this uh, sense of higher purpose. And and military forces use that. I mean, they they you have a sense of a greater purpose. You have the sense of this this greater thing that you're into, and you also have the camaraderie because you've got people going going in with you. So you can tap into that when you. Um, when you go through a situation that's terrifying. Like when I do stand-up comedy, which is a terrifying thing, and when I first started doing it, I was absolutely terrified. It was like being boiled in oil to stand up on, on stage for like one or two minutes. It was terrifying. <laughs> but I would always think about, well, uh, uh, how much I loved laughter. And I would think about the end result and think about how much how much I, um, I or I would, if that didn't work that night, I would think about my daughter. Or I would think about my, my um, you know, someone I love or something greater than myself. And, and then I would tap into that and that would give me the power to move on until I, until I got better at doing this. You know, and I still do that. I tap into that and I think, well, how much I love people and how much I love laughter. And I visualize that and I, and I anticipate that because I say, well, if laughter is created, it, it's a good thing. You know, so, um, so when when somebody is is um, the, when you find the next step uh, when you when you're confronting your fear and starting to move through your fear so you're asking me uh, what's the next thing that you want to do well you want to decide if if you want to do this thing on your own uh, by yourself creating your own business or if you want to work for someone else because once you once you move forward. And, um, and and start to make these changes. You can you can accomplish anything. And then it's the idea of well, whether you're uh, a loner or, or part of a team. So, so that's not making any sense? Yeah. So you think it's you think it's good to have other people help you brainstorm? Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I do. I think um, I think that that other people can be very helpful. 
uh, in brainstorming. Um, the thing is, uh, if, if I if I want to decide um, if I want to decide where where I'm going to work or who I'm going to work with, I mean, some people want to do things alone. They, they want to have a solitary pursuit, um, and maybe they've had to work with people all along in their career up to the pre-retirement stage. Maybe they want to launch into something that's solitary. That's fine. It's all really subjective. So, but but the thing is, um, yeah, any kind of input from other people is is perfect. I mean, you want to be connected. Part of it being resilient and uh, transforming yourself is being connected to a network. So you want to have uh, mentors, friends, uh, career counselors, neighbors, family, uh, experts, all of those things to tap into to help you learn more about what you're going to do. So what what resources are available to help all of that? Well, there are all kinds of resources. I mean, there's, there's so much available on the internet. I mean, they're just, it's just endless. I mean, there are blogs, social media groups, uh, teleseminars like, uh, like yours, um, uh, seminars you can get, get into, you can join, join associations and, and all kinds of other things. There's just a wealth, an endless wealth of information. And then there are books, CDs, DVDs. You, you can take classes. Um, actual classes, uh, in, in the physical world, or you can take them, <laughs> you can take them online. I mean, it's just endless. It's, it's very exciting. So, that's, that is exciting. So, let's say now they've got the resources and they're all in, getting organized there. So, what's next? Okay. Then you're going to research and sample all different experiences. And when I say sample, that can be a sign up, a go on a volunteer mission, uh, sign up for groups or clubs, um, audit courses at a community college or university. I've done that, and it's very helpful because it gets you into the situation where you're meeting people, and you're it's it's very exciting and stimulating. And you know, all you have to do is go down to the university or the college and and interview with someone and tell them what you're looking to do and how you you're uh, exploring different careers and tell tell them exactly what you're doing. And they'll let you audit. And then you you can try something for a little while and then drop the class and it doesn't end up causing you any kind of uh, punitive mark on your record or anything like that because you audit it. You know, so that's always uh, really fun. And uh, joining groups and clubs, you know, you meet so many different people. Anything that will get you out there meeting people of all different ages and uh, and walks and from all walks of life is great. It's stimulating, and and you can learn so much more. And don't be afraid to try stuff because try try anything. Try all kinds of things. I mean, I've tried millions of things. I I've done. I've done so many different jobs. I, I worked in the oil field setting up explosives. I I worked as a surveyor staking staking oil wells and uh, and uh, uh, stand up comedy. Uh, I, I was an addiction treatment professional. I, I, I'm, I'm an author uh, and a speaker. 
and I produce an annual stand-up comedy benefit to raise money for people in recovery. And if you count waiting tables and being a barista in a coffee house, I mean, that's a really long list. I was also a volunteer fireman at Stinson Beach, California, uh, <laughs> for a little while and put out a couple of fires, you know, and that was really fun. So, you know, there's just all kinds of things you can do. I'm not saying I was great at, at, at all of these things. Most of them I was good at. Um, I wasn't the greatest uh, coffee house barista, though. I don't. I don't make a, a real mean macchiato like I should. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, so how how can people tap into the magic that can make all this happen in their lives? Like, okay, this sounds great, but it's like, how's oh, this going to happen to me? You know. What do I well, do? Well, yeah. Well, the magic is real, and there's plenty of it, since a lot of people don't avail themselves of it because they don't believe in it. And if you step out and just Take that chance. Anything is possible. And I, I was in an abusive relationship. Well, you read my, my history. I, I became addicted to drugs. I was a victim of human trafficking. And when I was, I was held prisoner in Japan and uh, raped and beaten within an inch of my life. And I had a moment where I, I realized I just thought to myself, it was, uh, I, it was in November, and I had thought to myself, I, I just said, and, and, and you might say, I, 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 I said to God, or I, I, I visualized, I said, I am going to be home by Christmas, and that's it. And that's going to be my reality, and I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm, gonna, and I'm not going to allow anything else in, uh, no matter what my eyes show me in the so-called real world. Uh, environment, you know, no matter what that is, I know that the reality is I'm going home. And because I hung on to that visualization and it began to help me be really strong and I was I was able to treat the people around me with respect, even if I wasn't being treated with respect. And I found a whole wealth of, of strength there. And then the person, the perfect person to help me came into the situation and helped me to escape. And it was um, it was magic. And then when I got back, I was traumatized and suffered from PTSD and then was homeless for a year because I was in shock. But actually, something else happened during that time that was really, really wonderful because I kept clinging to this possibility that things were going to be all right. And, and I met the the love of my life. I'm the perfect partner for me. Well, I was homeless, I, and I'm still married to him today. <laughs> but he, awesome. he and I were in the drug world, and we were drug addicts for a while together, and we both came out. And one of the things I did, I was at that point, because the drugs had been, I'd been taking the drugs for the pain, and the drugs were stopping me from actually getting the full, the full ma- magic to come in. And, and when I discovered that it was the drugs that were blocking me, then I was able to, with that epiphany, I was able to move on and, and change my life. And that's when I discovered, in my present moment, well, the drugs are in the way. So I let go of the drugs, and I, I took steps, and, 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 and I used the kind of things that my client used. I used the visualization. I used the meditation. And so I used these things to create my kick-ass personal transformation. And... And I turned my life around using 
gratitude, positive visualization, and and the resilience of, of uh, daily renewal. So, so that's the magic. That's I mean, magic, that, that, right? That's and and that would be and just, just hang on to that. Yeah, just hang on to that visualization and say, you know, it doesn't matter because I've made up my mind. This is what what is going to happen, and I'm doing it as you mentioned. I'm. It's not a selfish thing. It's something that's that's going to benefit everyone. It's not a selfish, self-seeking thing. There's a greater purpose. There's a greater good. But I know that if I become well, if I become successful, I'm going to help other people, and I'm going to keep this going exponentially. So I'm going to tap into that. And, yes, magic then happens, as you mentioned. Right. So what if somebody gets Discouraged. What would you tell them if they get all discouraged about everything? Well, if you get discouraged, you, you cultivate a sense of daily renewal. So each day you wake up, <laughs> tap into the excitement of it. And and when I first started getting off drugs, I was living in a rat-infested shack. I had, I mean, I had moved up from homeless under the bridge to this rat-infested shack. <laughs> and I started, but I had the joy of getting off drugs and being happy, and I stopped it, uh, you know, and I would wake up in the morning, and sometimes I, I, I would wake up and I would be hit by fear or regret or grief or any of the things that when you come back from that much of a, I mean, I really messed up my life, but I would wake up and I would say, this is a new day, this is a new life, who do I love, who loves me, where have I come from, where am I going, what can I accomplish, what am I grateful for, and then I would, I would start, I would jump up and I would start doing um, uh, crunches, you know, because I, I wanted to get back into good physical shape because I had been an addict, you know. And, and so I would start doing my crunches, and I would say my mantra, which was hope. There's hope after dope. <laughs> With every crunch, I say, there's hope yeah. after dope. There's hope after dope. But I would, I, I would have that daily renewal. Mm-hmm. And then every day that you tap into that, and then finish that day, do the best you can, and then you know when you go to sleep that night, You've got that next day coming, and it's a new one, and you're going to build something else. Right. So you can't be discouraged if you use that program. You cannot be discouraged if you know that each day is a new. (laughs) Right. And so that's the same kind of thing as combating negative thinking, right? Exactly. Exactly it is. Because can never do it. Yes, Yes, because negative thinking is the worst. It, it, it's the worst thing that you should ever do for yourself. If, if you worry, it's actually it's actually negative thinking. It's jumping ahead into the future with, with the, the worst possible image, you know. It's <laughs> and, always uh, the worst image, too. <laughs> exactly. Like my image of my retirement used to be I had such fear of the future that I would, I would jump ahead from just being a little bit worried about paying a credit card bill to – Homeless under the bridge in a cardboard box. <laughs> I would never, I would never see it. You know, there would be that that worry. But then I started learning about positive thinking and positive visualization, and I I was able to continue to propel myself forward. And at the time that I was having these panicky thoughts, I wasn't very long away from the bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a pretty oh, fresh yeah. memory. It'll bring you know, the bridge to you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because you yeah. actually attract yeah, you can attract, attract it. the bridge. When you visualize it, you know, I right. and so you I attract I your fear. Things. Right. Right. And so I want to visualize what I want. I'm gonna visualize 
what it's going to be, and it's going to be good. Right. And it can be. Right. And you're in the, and you're thankful because you're in, you're feeling the feeling of it already happening, and you're thankful that it's happened. Exactly. See it with your eyes. That's the yes, point, because, right? Yes, because that when you appropriate that feeling, when you when you think a good thought, then all of a sudden you get that emotional feeling, and then if you consciously turbocharge that positive emotion by focusing on it, and just thinking, "Oh, I I feel so good because this is coming," and then just thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, because it's here, you <laughs> know, and it turbocharges everything. That's beautiful. Right. What you say? Right. right. And so. What do you what do you think the most important thing that pe- that's often forgotten? What would you say? It's the, yes, it's right. uh, to access a higher power, Bring a power it. greater than yourself. Yeah. Whether that whether you call it God, luck, universal consciousness, um, uh, it's all going to be the same thing, you know. Exactly. Because, you know, but you're getting. But in recognizing that power. Yes. Yeah, excuse me. Go ahead. No, I'm agreeing that, you know, everybody uses the different terms, but when we boil everything down, we're all going to come to the same place, you know. Yes, and and that, that's why I think in, in the Old Testament, the uh, Jewish, uh, they, they never spoke the name of God. Right. And in a way, that was, that was really uh, genius because yes. you didn't have the name, so there wasn't any kind of uh, discussing or arguing over brands. That it, it, you know, it just became, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was the I am, the great one, right. you know, and, and right. that, that which is. And, and, and so that, that kind of power and recognizing that power, and sometimes um, uh, I, I think uh, about the, the kind of power that it takes to hold the universe together and, 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 um, and what's expanding all, all these all these planets and, and galaxies and stars and all these things are on their circuits and on their orbits and, and there's all this tremendous power. And the power, all that power is there. That's a power greater than me. I mean, even if I don't want to, uh, you know, if I can just think of it in, in uh, a sense of physics, uh, it, 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 it's, over, it's tremendously powerful to just think a power greater than uh, or. Sometimes the power greater than myself can be a group of people that I look to a network of people because if I'm networking with, with mentors, with like-minded people who are looking for similar goals, I've aligned myself to the power greater than myself. So it, it can be that simple. But the thing is you have to tap into a higher power. You have to align yourself to access with a higher power because then the miracles happen. Because then it's not just me. And it, it's not, it doesn't, it's, it's not, how am I going to figure this out? Uh, oh, it's all me. And, and then I begin to feel weak and I, I, I give up. But no, because I've got this power greater than myself. Right. So that, that is the most important thing. And that will make your miracles happen. Exactly. Beautiful. Well said. And so if you wanted to summarize, because we've got a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to summarize this plan for making pre-retirement the best time of your life. Yes, I, I, it would be uh, step one, visualize your passion. Step two, make a list and a plan. Step three, find resources. Step four, try different things. Just go crazy. Just, <laughs> 
try everything. And five, tap into that magic. Know that it's there. Step six, have fun. Every step of the way. And step seven, connect with a higher power. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, Marty, it's really been a joy talking to you. And I feel like we just got started. So we'll continue this conversation sometime in the future. But in the meantime, maybe you could tell all of our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Yes, you can reach me on my website at um, at martymcgiven.com. And um, uh, so that's M-A-R-T-I-M-A-C-G-I-B-B-O-N.com. Or you can just take the shortcut to uh, put in www.nevergiveintofear.com. And... Just spell it as you would never give in to fear.com. And that URL will also get you there. And uh, <clears throat> there's a, a contact to send me messages on, on my website, and I would love to hear from you. And um, uh, there you go. All right, Marty. Well, again, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And to all of our listeners, reach out to her and and get beyond the fear that's stopping you from getting all your blessings. And and thanks so much, Marty, for being with us today. Well, thank you, Chris. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Found out you can't take a curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes. I brace myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me. With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any soul? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did, did, did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well. 
When the curtain falls, there ain't no second chances And you don't want to ask yourself Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? 